It's Saturday the 27th of May. I'm Kira Evans and this was a week that saw the government move to defuse the asylum seeker route. Meta get fined and cut jobs. Ron DeSantis joined the presidential race and tributes to the Queen of Rock and Roll. Grab a call about something hot. Put up your feet and get up to speed on the seven biggest stories of the week. This is the Standout 7 from the Smart 7 Ireland edition. It's news but not the news. This week saw the government working hard to ease the pressure on the asylum system and it got off to a good start when a blockade by residents of Inch County Clare was lifted. The controversial blockade was disbanded after Minister for State at the Department of Integration, Joe O'Brien, met with a delegation of local residents and agreed that no additional asylum seekers would be housed in the area for the next four weeks. But Clare Senator Timmy Dooley says more needs to be done to avoid situations like this developing in the future. Information and engagement. I think people need to understand how these asylum seekers or international protection individuals, how they're going to be integrated and and, and what resources will be provided. Some communities have done excellently and let's not lose sight of that either. Meanwhile, President Michael D. Higgins used the occasion of a commemoration of the famine to weigh in on the dispute, saying that Ireland has a moral duty to look after vulnerable and displaced people. President Higgins said that the parallels between the events around the famine 175 years ago and what is happening in Ireland now should not be lost on us. The parallels with Ungartha Moore and the mass displacement it caused 175 years ago must not be lost in us. We have a moral duty and a great opportunity to continue to honour our commitments to those vulnerable and displaced. The Guard the Commissioner said that the force is not going to fall for the classic playbook of the far right. Drew Harris was speaking after questions were raised about how Guardi were policing asylum protests. He said that the situation in Clare had been managed successfully and that the Guardi have a long-term strategy for these kinds of incidents. We are here to work with consent with local communities to build a consent around the housing of individuals who have sought international protection. So we are here for the long haul and we're taking a long view of these matters. And confrontation, and indeed confrontation, uh, which in effect plays into their hands, is a trap that we're not falling into. The government announced new accommodation initiatives on Tuesday. Minister for Integration Roger O'Gorman says the disused office block will be refitted in the Ballybrit area of Galway. The site can host up to 300, will be staffed 24 hours a day and will be for male asylum seekers only. He also said there's no plan to house anyone in Corrifin, County Clare, where protesters have gathered. Other options may include the use of floatels. That's accommodation on barges or moored ships, but he's pledged to be more transparent in communicating with local residents. We've done a detailed briefing in terms of what's planned for this particular location, and if more questions come up, come up we can obviously respond to them in, in detail as well. Over 3,000 people seeking international protection have arrived in Ireland since the start of the year, and as the Gardaí Warner concerns over far-right protests, Thishuk Leivaragar said that the country is experiencing a crisis, partly due to the war in Ukraine and for an end to the demonstrations and greater compassion. I really think the protests are wrong in that regard. They very much go against, I think, our culture and understanding of being Irish people having uh, migrated to all parts of the world for so many different reasons. Thursday saw the Justice Minister criticise the behaviour of protesters, saying that while people have a right to protest, the use of blockades is not acceptable. Simon Harris was speaking to Virgin Media and says he's been working closely with the Guard the Commissioner and that blocking roads and locations can't become the new norm. He also criticised those who have hijacked the Irish flag and have behaved in a paramilitary fashion. So what I'm talking about are people with um, balaclavas, people with their face covered, people brandishing the Irish tricolour, people pushing back at cars telling them to go down the driveway. That's not protest. I mean, they're not guardy. They have no democratic mandate. 
This week started with G7 leaders meeting in Japan for the annual summit, but one man dominated the event and he isn't even a member. After a quick stop in Saudi Arabia, Ukraine's President Zelensky made a surprise appearance in Hiroshima where the summit took place. He hit back at Russia's claims of a battlefield victory in the eastern Ukrainian city of Bakhmut and gave a moving summary of the situation on the ground. You have to, to understand that there is nothing. They destroyed everything. There are no buildings. It's a pity, it's tragedy, but for, for today, Bakhmut is only in our hearts. His presence brought a united front from the G7 leaders who said they would not waver in their support for Ukraine, including US President Joe Biden, who gave positive signals on the much-hoped-for F-16 and pledged fresh military aid and support. The United States, together with our allies and partners, is going to begin training Ukrainian pilots and fourth-generation fighter aircraft, including F-16s, to strengthen Ukraine's air force as part of a long-term commitment to Ukraine's ability to defend itself. Then Monday saw a group of anti-Kremlin Russian fighters launch an apparent cross-border attack claiming to have overrun a village in Russia's Belgorod region. The Freedom of Russia Legion consists mainly of defectors of Russia's armed forces who say they want to liberate Russia from Vladimir Putin and condemn the invasion of Ukraine. Two of the Legion's fighters recorded a video following Monday's attack and they didn't make things sound great for Putin. The key to the border is broken in half, and Grandpa Putin is completely defunct, and he will soon probably turn into maple syrup. By Wednesday, Moscow was claiming to have destroyed 70 armed insurgents who crossed the border and attacked a number of towns and villages. The governor of Belgorod, Vyacheslav Gladkov, confirmed that what he called the counter-terrorist operation was continuing and asked evacuated residents not to return. The sweeping of the territory by the Ministry of Defence and Security Forces continues. About returning to homes, we will report right away when it is safe. Vladimir Putin's spokesman Dmitry Peskov says the whole thing is intended to distract from Russian gains in Bakhmut and there's nothing to be concerned about. Of course, what happened is deeply disturbing. The special military operation is also continuing in order to prevent such infiltrations in the future. Meanwhile, Russia announced that it's to put three British men on trial for terrorism charges relating to their fighting for Ukraine against Russia. The men aren't actually in Russia. They were released as part of a prisoner swap. And as Russia's military anxiously waits for the Ukrainian counter-offensive, former director of the CIA general David Petrios says that the whole Ukraine war has been a massive miscalculation by Vladimir Putin. Putin set out to make Russia great again. What he's really done is make NATO great again. And then the other irony is, of course, that no one has done more for Ukrainian nationalism, as has Vladimir Putin. The Russian paramilitary organization, the Wagner Group, have now confirmed they'll withdraw from the Ukrainian city of Bakhmut next month. The Wagner mercenaries have led fighting in the city on Moscow's behalf in a battle which has stretched on for close to 10 months. Getting control of the city would mark Russia's greatest victory in the war in that time. However, Ukraine continues to deny that the city has fallen to Russia, claiming they still control pockets of Bakhmut. But Wagner chief Yevgeny Prigozhin seemed confident that the Russian army would have full occupation of the city in a video released on Thursday. They said we'll withdraw little by little, one unit at a time. The rest will pack up by June 1st and then we'll pass the city to the military. The Irish Data Protection Commissioner issued a record fine to Facebook on Monday, totalling 1.2 billion euro. Facebook have also been ordered to suspend transfer of European data to the US and given five months to comply with the ruling. Helen Dixon is the Data Protection Commissioner. She outlined why the social media giant received the fine. We have found that Facebook's transfers from Ireland to the US are not lawful. The US doesn't ensure an essentially equivalent level of protection. The clauses, the contractual clauses 
cannot compensate and any additional supplemental measures Facebook has put in place are not sufficient to remedy the deficits. But parent company Meta has described the ruling as flawed and unjustified as thousands of other companies use the same legal framework to transfer data. It said it will appeal the ruling. The case arose because of an initial complaint from Austrian privacy campaigner Max Schrems, who said the 1.2 billion euro fine is nowhere near enough. The fine itself is actually not that high. The maximum fine would be about four to five billion. And we have to think that Facebook kind of knew that they were violating the law for about 10 years and consistently continued doing that. That wasn't the end of the bad news from Meta in Ireland either as they announced almost 500 job cuts on Wednesday. That means that the company has shed almost 30% of its Irish workforce in a wave of cuts that have been going on since November. It's part of Mark Zuckerberg's plan to make the company leaner after the failure of his much-hyped Metaverse plan. Minister for Enterprise Amon Coveney said that the priority is supporting those affected. These are skilled people. Uh, We'll make sure that we work with the company and we've been talking to them all day uh, to make sure that the the redundancy packages are as generous as they can be. Uh, And of course if people want to to look at different sectors. The state will be there to support them through our agencies and so on. Because across the tech sector in the last six months, there's some concern that Ireland may see a downturn in the size of a corporation tax contribution from these companies. But Finance Minister Michael McGrath said the tech sector in Ireland remains healthy. Quarter on quarter, the number of people working in ICT in the tech sector in Ireland has grown by about 4,500. So we're have a sector now that is considerably bigger than it was pre-pandemic but obviously there have been announcements in recent months so those numbers may not yet be reflected in the official statistics but we are also seeing jobs being created. Northern Ireland's local elections have seen Sinn Féin overtake the DUP as the largest party in the local government with a record 144 seats. The historic win for Sinn Féin gave them 39 additional seats across the 11 councils in the north and comes after the party won the majority of seats in the Assembly election last year. Party leader Michelle O'Neill said the results were a clear indication that the electorate wants a restoration of the executive and a return to working politics in the north. It was about making politics work and I'm very glad that that has resonated with the electorate. Overall, DUP UP won 122 seats, leaving them in second place ahead of the Alliance Party, who are firmly in third place with just 67 seats. But DUP leader Geoffrey Donaldson was bullish about his party showing in the local elections. The DUP will continue to stand up for unionists, to stand up for Northern Ireland and to get what we need to move Northern Ireland forward together on a stable foundation. Well, not everyone in Ulster unionism is on the same page. Edwin Poots, previous leader of the DUP, thinks the elections are a wake-up call. Sinn Féin have, have obviously surged and that's largely been the expense of other nationalist parties. And uh, that's something where, I think for unionism, perhaps it's a wake up and smell the coffee moment. Still to come in the Standout 7 Island edition, Jude Law smells really weird and tributes to the Queen of Rock and Roll right after this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome back. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has announced that he's joining the race to become the Republican nominee for president. He made the announcement on a live Twitter space with CEO Elon Musk, but it was plagued with technical issues. Um, all right, well, it's certainly uh, an, an incredible honor to uh, have Governor DeSantis uh, make this uh, stark announcement. Donald Trump remains the current frontrunner in the race for the nomination and he's polling almost 40% ahead of DeSantis, who he refers to as Ron DeSanctimonious. After technical delays, Ron was able to make his case, which includes defunding federal agencies, rejecting woke ideology and shaking up what he says is a failing America. Buckle up when I get in there because the, the status quo is not acceptable um, and we are going to make sure that we reconstitutionalize this government. Method acting has seen actors take their craft to extreme levels. I'm looking at you, Wacken Phoenix, Daniel Day-Lewis and um, Jeremy Strong. But now Jude Law has taken things a step further. He's gone all in for a smell. The Academy Award winning actor is currently swanning around the Cannes Film Festival ahead of the release of his new movie Firebrand, where he plays King Henry VIII. And while he's never described himself as a method actor, Jude apparently wanted to keep things realistic after discovering that the notorious Tudor King suffered with a foul-smelling leg ulcer. I just thought it would have a great impact if I smelled awful. And um, I went to this brilliant perfumier and she somehow managed to come up with this extraordinary variety, which was pus, blood, fecal matter. <laughs> and uh, what was the last one? Sweat. Tina Turner, the queen of rock and roll, has died at the age of 83. She'd been ill for some time and passed away peacefully in her Swiss home. Tributes have flooded in from across the globe from Mick Jagger, Gloria Gaynor, Naomi Campbell and many more. She was truly an icon, not just as a singer, also acting in Mad Max and writing a memoir that became a hit movie with Angela Bassett. She performed at the Grammys in 2008 with Beyonce and had just recently made a documentary for Sky called Simply Tina. I'm a girl from a cotton field. I put myself above the destruction and the mistakes. And I'm here for you. You've been listening to the Smart 7 Ireland edition. We'll be back tomorrow at 7 a.m. Hit the follow button and have a great day. Give us seven minutes and we'll give you the world. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. 
Hi, this is Kira from the Smart 7 Ireland edition. Just to let you know, we're pausing this podcast from Friday the 25th of August, but you can still get up to speed in just seven minutes if you search the Smart 7 and catch up with our UK edition. Thanks for listening.